It's time now for super psychologist, Dr. Mara Carpell and your golden years. Welcome to Dr. Mara Carpell and your golden years this evening and every Sunday evening at 5 p.m. Central Time and at 6 p.m. Eastern Time right here on blogtalkradio.com and on drmaracarpell.com and now also on Apple Podcasts. And today is Sunday, July 18th, 2021. I'm psychologist Dr. Mara Carpell. And we are back live from Austin, Texas, following a six-week break. So we're excited to be back, and I hope that you're all enjoying your summer and staying safe and cool wherever you are. Art Mendoza of Accomplice Entertainment, producer of this program, is here with us as usual to make the the show run smoothly. And we have another great program in store for you this evening. In a little while after the break, we'll be joined from Montana by author Larry Godwin to discuss his two self-help books based on his own life experiences, Transcending Depression and Our Parents' Mistakes. Um, surviving our parents' mistakes, healing the scars from childhood mistreatment. And along the way, I'll be discussing some of my thoughts about emerging after this long time of isolation and helping to reconnect to our passion. And a few other things, a few other exciting announcements on the horizon. And throughout this program show, we will have time to take your questions. So if you have any questions or comments for me or for my guests, please feel free to give a call. The toll-free number is 855-345-4720. That's 855-345-4720. Or you can email your questions to me, and I'll read them on the air to my guests. And my email is Mara. that's D-R-M-A-R-A, at drmaracarpel.com, D-R-M-A-R-A-K-A-R-P-E-L.com. And you can hear this evening's program again after the program by going to my website and the link to the podcast with any links that we talk about on the program will be posted later tonight at drmaracarpel.com. And you can also hear the podcast in as soon as five minutes after the show ends by going directly to Blog Talk Radio, that's B-L-O-G, talkradio.com slash your golden years. And it will also be on Apple Podcasts at that time. And just a reminder that if you want to know what's coming up in uh, in future events and upcoming shows, be sure to follow me on Facebook, Dr. Mara Carpell, Your Golden Years. This show is produced by Accomplice Entertainment, Postal Productions, and Psyched Up Productions, and sponsored by our new sponsor, AMightyGoodTime.com. Wondering what to do after you are 50? How about having a mighty good time? It's free to search, free to post, and much more at amightygoodtimes.com. Whether it's in person or virtual, anything can be found to fill your day with others that are in your age group. So be more active and start filling your days. Go to amightygoodtime.com. That's amightygoodtimes.com. All right, so we're going to run a few more commercials from our sponsors. It's going to be very brief. Don't go anywhere when we come back. Larry Godwin will be here to discuss. Super psychologist Dr. Mara Carpell will be back after words from our sponsors. Are you or a loved one a Medicare beneficiary? Help save you and Medicare money by stopping Medicare fraud. Fraud happens when Medicare is billed for services or supplies you never receive. There are three easy things you can do to fight fraud. Review your Medicare claims for accuracy, protect your personal information, and be on the lookout for suspicious activity. For more information or to report fraud, call Medicare at 1-800-MEDICARE or your local SHIP counselor at the Area Agency on Aging at 1-800-252-9240. Dr. Mara's book, The Passionate Life, Creating Vitality and Joy at Any Age, is now available on Kindle and in paperback at Amazon. 
Don't forget to listen to Dr. Merrick Carpell and your golden years live from Austin, Texas, every Sunday on blogtalkradio.com. And we're back. If you're just joining us, this is Dr. Mara Carpell and your golden years right here on blogtalkradio.com and on drmarakarpell.com. And now joining me on the phone from Montana is Larry Godwin, and he's here to discuss his two self-help books based on his own life experiences, Transcending Depression, Quests Without a Compass, and Surviving Our Parents' Mistakes, Healing the Scars from Childhood Mistreatment. Welcome, Larry. Hello there, Mara. Um, I just want to remind you, when we speak like this, there's a slight delay, and I want our listeners to, to know that, too, so we don't trip each other up, and it doesn't sound weird when there's a little space. <laughs> so how are you doing this evening? Doing very well, thank you. How are you? I'm I'm doing well. I'm trying to stay cool here. Texas is kind of hot right now, <laughs> but I'm glad to be back on the air with the show. And I, I'm so glad that you're our first guest since we've been off the air for a while. Um, <clears throat> maybe maybe we can start with a little bit about your background, Larry. Sure. Uh, yes, I have a, a PhD in business administration. I taught accounting at Oregon State University and the University of Montana. I have no mental health credentials. Um, I'm just a human being who has faced debilitating problems and struggled to overcome them. Mm-hmm. Okay. And so why don't you tell us a little bit about these books? I have the two of them right here in my hand, Transcending Depression and Surviving Our Parents' Mistakes. Yes, as you mentioned, they're both self-help books. Transcending Depression concerns coping with depression, and Surviving Our Parents' Mistakes concerns dealing with the after effects of emotional child abuse. That's not physical, emotional child abuse. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, so can you talk a little bit about the, your approach in the book? How would you describe that? Yes, uh, my books differ from a lot of other books, self-help on these topics, in that they, my books are not grounded in clinical experience or scientific research, and I hope that might make them more approachable than some other books. Unlike uh, a lot of other self-help books, they are not how-to books. They're not toolboxes. Instead, my books show, rather than tell readers, how they can improve their lives. I uh, My goal is to see is for other uh, for readers rather to see themselves in my struggles and to involve them in the healing process. Mm, okay. So, and I noticed that the format is different than other self-help books. Could you can you talk about that? Yes, uh the format uh, my books are composed of cogent incisive paragraphs, most a lot of them rather short, all of them in first person and they're uh, linked in a logical way. If any of your, your listeners are familiar with Hugh Prather, who wrote Notes to Myself, he inspired me with his writing style. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, you and I talked about that. I read that book like many years ago, and it, it had a big impact on me. So that's really interesting. <laughs> um, and, you know, what, what led you to write these books? What, what inspired you to write these books? Well, frankly, I wrote them for myself. Uh, As far as transcending depression goes, I wrote in my journal about my situation and analyzed the depression's possible origin. Uh, I wanted to figure out why I was depressed and what I might do to heal myself. Then, as I tried various strategies, I took copious notes and wrote about these experiences. The strategies I tried were psychotherapy, I took uh, 36 psychiatric medications, mm-hmm. over, two dozen, over two dozen supplements, including vitamins, minerals, amino acids, homeopathic products, hormones, and probiotics. Then as I tried these various strategies, the psychotherapy and the pills, I journaled about all these experiences, and then I analyzed the results, and I tried to interpret them. 
So uh, this book, Transcending Depression, consists of a selection of my journal entries. Mm-hmm. Then for mm-hmm. for surviving our parents' mistakes, again, I journaled, this time about primarily the anger I felt toward my parents and my inability to admit I was a man because while I was growing up, my mother treated me like a girl. She had wanted a, a little girl all her life, and she was disappointed in my sex. So then I tended to displace this anger onto innocent bystanders, especially my wife, Kathy, unfortunately, and uh, I'm just so grateful that she has forgiven me for that period in our relationship. I wanted to uh, forgive my parents and lead a peaceful life. So, again, mm-hmm. surviving our parents' mistakes consists of a selection of entries pointed this time towards my emotional abuse. For both of these books, the journaling process led to some epiphanies that I could implement to improve my quality of life And in the journaling, I also gave myself credit for the hard times that I had survived. Yeah, that's really important. Really important. That self-compassion piece, right? Giving yourself credit. Um, Yes. Yeah, go on. No, I was just going to agree with you there. Okay, yeah. Um, I think... I just want to go off a little bit on that. And, you know, I think that, you know, so often we tend to beat ourselves up for having difficult times rather than um, having compassion for ourselves and and looking at the strengths that we've had to get through those times. Um, So I'm glad that I'm glad that you got to that point and that you wrote about it. Um, So, you know, what was what led you to then, so these were journals that you wrote for yourself and your own well-being and to help yourself get to a better place. Um, what led you to then um, decide to publish these books? I figured that since I was so lucky to have gotten to a much better place on both my depression and child abuse entry, uh, issues, rather, I wanted to reach out to other people, other depressed and abused persons, and share with them what I had learned and encourage them to persist and give them hope. Ultimately, I wanted to help them find forgiveness for their parents if they were abused, and in the case of depression, to prevent suicides. Mm-hmm. Really important. Um and in that publishing process, you know, I've, I've done that publishing thing myself. So maybe you can talk a little bit about what you learned when you, when you took your journals and, and went through this journey of, of publishing. Yes, I, I learned that I could put together my own coherent manuscripts. I could do it on my own. I could format and self-publish them and then get positive reader and literary reviews. I've uh, tried to market them on my own without a lot of success, so I've reached out to other people who help me with the marketing. But I'm gratified that Mm -hmm. I uh, was able to launch the process and essentially complete it on my own. It gave me uh, some self-esteem points, I guess you might say. And Mm -hmm. on both these books, the feedback from readers has been incredibly gratifying so uh, the best part of this is I learned that I can make a positive difference in some other people's lives. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And, you know, I, one of the things that I've talked about um, with regard to depression is that one of the best treatments for depression is helping other people. So, you know, you're, it's like a feedback loop there. You're continuing to help yourself by helping other people. Um, yes, I, I, I certainly do agree with you there, Mara. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So for my listeners, how do you think you can help my listeners? What do you, what do, you do you have anything that you want to say to them to be helpful? Yes, I do. I want to point out that if you're a depressed person or if your life is mired in early abuse, don't give up. Seek help. Don't figure you can make it through with this on your own. I would suggest you begin with psychotherapy, as I did. And if you find a therapist who isn't a good fit for you, no problem. Just look for another one. 
Then for depression and anxiety, besides psychotherapy, I would like listeners to consider medication and be, be willing to uh, experiment here because if one medication doesn't help or the side effects uh, just don't agree with you at all, ask your doctor for another. There are dozens of psychiatric medications available, and even in the same family of medications, each one has a different effect on the brain. So there are a lot of different choices here as far as medication goes. If you'll uh, talk to your, to your doctor about that, keep an open mind and take notes and be willing to keep experimenting. Also, keep in mind that each person is unique, so your reaction to a certain medication is not going to be the same as someone else who suffers from the same problems that you do. Uh, one more thing here I'd like to say is if you are a loved one of a person who is depressed or abused, then consider reading my books to understand their struggle and encourage them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, those are really good points. And, um you know, I'm so, you know, you're saying things that I say to, I, I evaluate veterans um, part of the time, and um, many of them have had bad experiences in their psychotherapy. Like you said, it might, maybe it wasn't a good match, or maybe they weren't getting the right kind of therapy because there are all different approaches. And what I have said to them is exactly what you said, that if it's not the right fit, then find another therapist. Um, just because it didn't work with one person doesn't mean that therapy isn't going to work for you. It just means that it, maybe that was the not, not a good fit for you and shop around. <laughs> so I'm glad. And the medication issue, too. Um, you know, I've talked to doctors who have said, you know, it's like it's it's all trial and error because you don't know if a medication is going to work for you until you try it. And uh, and everybody is different. So, so those are really good points. I'd like to say one more thing about psychotherapy. I was thinking that the women psychotherapists would be more nurturing than men, and most of my psychotherapists have been women, but I found some men as well who have been very supportive. So I would encourage listeners to uh, consider having a person help you uh, of either sex. Yeah, good point. Good point. Um, I think it it really depends on the fit, right? It doesn't really the gender isn't necessarily the issue. It's a it's the type. It's a personality style and uh, and their therapeutic approach. So you're very right about that. That you know, it's people just need to keep trying and not give up. Good point. So. Out of all of this, have you have you transcended your own depression? Mara, I believe I have in the sense of that I've, I've come to terms with it and I've risen above that depression. I've reached a comfort level that allows me to tolerate occasional depression, live with it, and function acceptably most of the time. And I do experience uh, joy and happiness every day. Um, so in that mm. sense, even though I do have occasional Bouts with depression. I, I believe I have transcended it. That that is wonderful. I'm really glad to hear that. Um, there is hope, and uh, and what you're describing, I think, is what you know isn't really depression, right? We we all have times where we feel down, but if you feel joy every day, then that's you're not depressed. <laughs> so that's right, really but, uh, awesome. but, but I, I'd like to hasten to point out, though, that even though I do experience happiness and uh, and often I experience joy as well, I still go through depressed periods. Um, mm-hmm. Every mm-hmm. week, I, I do feel depressed some of the time, but it's you know it's balanced. It's balanced with the with the joyful feelings, and so that's what makes makes uh, life manageable for me. Right. Okay. Okay. And you've seen, you know, you know, it sounds like you've seen that. You come out of it and you know that you're going to be all right, which makes a, a big difference in dealing with depression, right? Um, in in yeah. Buddhism, yeah. they call it the first arrow and the second arrow. So the first arrow is the depression. And the second arrow would be the, the beating ourselves up for being depressed. 
right? So if you get rid of yeah. that second arrow, then the first arrow doesn't hurt so bad. I like that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I just heard it recently, and it really, uh, I really, I'm, that really struck me, though. Like, that, that is so important because we layer on top of, you know, we may feel anxious, we may feel depressed, we may feel angry, we may feel hurt. You know, those are human emotions. But so many of us, especially people who are trying to help themselves to grow, that are in that self-growth sort of movement, tend to be really hard on ourselves and we get mad that we are human and we have these emotions and that makes it all much worse and much harder to get through. So I certainly, I certainly agree with, with that, Mara. And, uh, you know, some emotions have a, have a bad rap, like you said, depression and anger and uh, annoyance. But I consider mm-hmm. all emotions to be natural. All of us are human and we're going to have some of those so-called negative emotions along with the positive ones. So I just try my best to accept myself the way I am. You're absolutely right. And the the more that we can accept these emotions and realize that they're just human emotions, they're not good or bad, then actually the less of a grip the, that they have on us. Yes, indeed. Mm-hmm. So, um, have you forgiven your parents? I would say in large part, yes. What helped the most was seeing the situation from their points of view. For, for years, I just focused on myself, thinking, well, feeling some uh, self-pity, frankly. But what helped was really seeing it the way they looked at it. My mother had already had two sons. They had not uh, been good experiences for her. They were uh, mired in negative relationships a lot of the time. And she's always want, she'd always wanted a little girl, a girl she could pamper and give uh, the dresses that she'd never gotten when she was a little girl because her, her own mother uh, just wasn't very nurturing and wasn't willing to buy her those little things. So she wanted a girl that she could pamper and sort of relive her life through that little girl. So she was naturally disappointed when she had a boy. And also, uh, during the period of my infancy, we were mired in uh, World War II. Her finances were uncertain, and she was just doing the best she could to survive. My father had left. She was coping the best she could, and she uh, relied on me to a great extent to be her own caregiver because my father had left, and she didn't have any close friends. I, it's later on, I resented that fact a great deal, but looking back on it, what else could she do? She didn't have a husband. She didn't have close friends. I was there. I was available. So I, early on, I thought, you know, she abused me, but really she was just coping the best she could. So I tried to see uh, my situation from her point of view. Then my father abandoned both of us when I was an infant, and I was angry with him for that for a long time. But then I came to realize that right before he left our home, he had a nervous breakdown. He was an attorney and had uh, some really negative turns in his business, and he found up he wound up actually giving up his practice, and he moved to a farm out near Hereford, Texas, a long way from Austin, of course, but out to Hereford, mm-hmm. and just lived as a hermit there, lived by himself. He didn't really want to have contact with me, I think, for two reasons. First, he'd have to go through my mother, whom he hated. And second, he just wasn't prepared emotionally uh, to, to nurture a son. So I wound up forgiving both of my parents in large part by looking at the situation from their point of view. But I actually have to admit, I, st- I do have a short fuse. Even uh, after going through all this uh, forgiveness process, but now I focus on the good in others before looking for their faults. Mhm. Mhm. So you know that's really powerful that you are able to do that, and um, you know that you could, in spite of your own, you know what it did to your life, that you were able to look at them and see them as people rather than just as your parents, right? People with their own issues. 
Um, yeah, yes, other other human beings. Exactly. It's a huge difference. Um, I'm so glad that you were able to do that. And, of course, you know, you're still going to have some residual um, things like a short fuse because it's something that maybe you had your whole life. So, you know, it's hard to change, every, you know, change everything about us. But that's part of the whole acceptance process is accepting yourself for who you are, right? <laughs> yes, it is. Yeah, yeah. So have you written any other books? Yes, actually I just published one last week. It's actually it's one for single people. It's called the title is Table for One: Reflections on Self-Esteem, Emotions, Making Friends, and Romantic Love for a Sensitive Single Person. That word sensitive I think here is key. Uh, I am a sensitive person myself. Dissentive to others' uh, feedback and sensitive to my environment a great deal. So what I did was I, I journaled about my problems with uh, living as a single person after my marriage failed. And frankly, Mara, I published that. I, well, I didn't publish it. I wrote it in 1979. And I decided to go back to that manuscript and, well, edit it, uh, amplify it, and come to some uh, conclusions that would help other singles, I think, like those conclusions, helped me to achieve personal growth and a peaceful acceptance of going it alone. And I think uh, your listeners might, the, the ones who are single, who consider themselves to be uh, in the sensitive category perhaps, they might benefit from reading this book because it might help them uh, accept going it alone, whether by virtue of separation, divorce, or death of a partner. Mhm. Mhm. Yeah, that sounds like a really important book. Um, you know, there's so much pressure to not be alone in this society and and there are so many people who are alone, so there's that um conflict there and people lack the self-esteem as you said if they're if they're single. So All right. So so how can people find these books? All three of them are available on Amazon in both paperback and ebook format. Also, Transcending Depression and Surviving Our Parents' Mistakes are available from bookstores, but by special order. Not very many, many bookstores stock it on their shelves, but it's available through Ingram, uh, the largest distributor. And if you walk into a bookstore and give them the title, then they'll be able to look it up and order it for you. Uh, table for One, I, I just published on Amazon this week, so it's not available on uh, in bookstores yet, just on Amazon. On Amazon, okay. Well, a lot of people buy from Amazon, so that's <laughs> so that's good. Um, and do you have a website where people can find out more information about you and and your book? Yes, I do. It's www.larry-godwin.com. That's www.la rry-godwin.com. On one of the tabs, a listener can request a free copy of my Depression Survival Guide. That consists of 36 suggestions for depressed people to feel better. And listeners can also request sample chapters of Transcending Depression and Surviving Our Parents' Mistakes. Also on my website, your listeners will find a contact button where they can email me. I'd be happy to hear from anyone and will answer any questions and just uh, do whatever I can to help other people if they want to reach out and email me. Great. So all of that, you know, um, the link to your book on Amazon and the um, your books, plural, and your website, um, information. I'm going to be posting that on my website post about this show later tonight. So if people didn't have their pen and paper ready, they can just go to my website, drmaricarpel.com, and just um, look for the radio shows, and all of that will be there. Okay? Great. <laughs> so, yeah. So thank you so much, Larry, for, for being on the program this evening and um, for sending me your book. I'm enjoying them, and um, and let's stay in touch. 
okay? Thank you so much, Mara. I appreciate the opportunity to to say what I did and to uh, possibly help some other people along the way. It makes me feel really good about that, and I thank uh, I thank you for all of that. Thank you so much. Yeah, and you take care, and thank you for for putting it, you know, being so vulnerable and putting it out there for people to read um, because I think that really will help people. So, um, and and you have a good evening. Enjoy the rest of your summer. I sure will, and I agree. Let's keep in touch. Okay. All right. Have a good night. Okay. Uh, Bye-bye. Bye-bye. All right. We're going to take a brief break. Um, don't go anywhere. We have more to come. Worry about memory loss? Dr. Ronald DeVere, certified neurologist and director of Alzheimer's disease and memory disorders in Lakeway, has been helping those with dementia and memory loss for over 12 years, specializing in the diagnosis, treatment, and counseling of those with memory loss and dementia. Dr. DeVere also has a book to reduce your worry and fear by knowing the fact. Memory loss, everything you want to know but forget to ask. Available now on Amazon.com. Dr. Ronald DeVere, Alzheimer's disease and memory disorders center in Lakeway, and his book, Memory Loss, everything you want to know but forget to ask. For more information or to schedule an appointment, call 512-261-7909. Please visit us on the web at www.drmaricarpel.com. And we're back. And if you're just joining us, this is Dr. Mara Carpel and your golden years on drmaricarpel.com and on blogtalkradio.com. And it's been a while since we've done a live show. It's been six weeks, and so... I want to catch you up on a couple of things. Um, number one, uh, we have recorded the the audio version of my book, The Passionate Life, Creating Vitality and Joy at Any Age, and it will be available for you to hear it, um, hopefully by the end of August. That's the plan, that we will have it done by the last week of August, and you could listen to it on Audible and possibly some other platforms. So I'm really excited about that. It's not my voice, so if you're expecting to hear my Brooklyn accent, you're going you're gonna to be a little surprised. It's not me, but the person who's reading it is a professional and has a really, really good um, reading voice. The other thing that... Um, I'm working on right now is creating some courses, online courses, so stay tuned for that. And I'm going to be speaking as a keynote for an online wellness expo on August 28th. And um, the information for how to listen to that will be on my website and on my Facebook page. And I want to talk about, I think this is a really good follow-up to the discussion with Larry Godwin about depression and overcoming depression because I think that a lot of, I know that a lot of people have become depressed over the past uh, year and several months since this pandemic hit. And um, so I want to talk, and also anxious. Anxiety has been through the roof for many people. And anxiety and depression um, not only cause us to feel bad, um, to make decisions that are not healthy for us. And they also interfere with our ability to live a passionate life. So as Larry talked about, having joy every day is really important to living a passionate life, even if we have moments or periods where we might feel down or anxious. Um, But many people, many of us have, most of us, I would say, have disconnected from that passion. And many who are on the path toward their passionate desire, their their, their goals and dreams and things that they really want in their life and things that we've talked about on this program and I've written about in the book, just sort of stopped because we couldn't get out and do those things. We couldn't be around other people. A lot of things were shut down, and many have 
kind of lost their way and disconnected from that. And, you know, during the whole time of this pandemic, I've been talking about uh, finding new ways of having pa- uh, passion, um, discovering what our dharma is, maybe during this time, discovering that what we need to do to help other people might be different during this time than it was before or maybe how it will be when we are completely out of this. Now, we're not really completely out of this. Um, Many of us have been vaccinated, and so we have more freedom than we had before. It's a little bit easier to get around and do things completely out of it because, you know, there there are variants out there. There are mutations of the virus. Um, that people even who have been vaccinated are catching. Mostly um, people who are vaccinated are not getting very, very sick from it, but we don't want to risk that, and we don't want to transmit it to somebody who can get very sick. So um, we still have to be careful about that. I just wanted to say that. But, But let's talk about this issue And I'm just going to start with it tonight because it's a really big discussion. And so I'm just going to start with the first few points and then continue next week. Um, I would say that it's safe to say that the past, what is it, 17 months or so, all of us, and even those of us who may have already had a meditation practice, have practiced relaxation, have been working on self-growth and self-development. And the the year has brought about anxiety about health and well-being of ourselves and our loved ones. It's brought about economic uncertainty, grief about losses of our loved ones and some of our dreams that we haven't been able to follow because of the restrictions. Um, anger at other people for continuing to spread the pandemic, anger about the pandemic itself, politics, social injustice, loss of relationships because of different points of view, as well as social isolation. So this has been a very intense time for all of us. And many of us have had to work from home. Some people have had to do that while providing childcare for children that are learning from home at the same time. And many have had to give up their jobs because of that. And I would say that we've all, or most of us, have felt very exhausted, um, feeling that the work never ends. There's a blurry line between being home and having a home life and um, working because we're living in this bubble all the time. And we all have our own story. Um, You know, life continues even in spite of the pandemic. So there are stresses of life. And, um, you know, I've told my story before about becoming so exhausted that I fell and broke my arm during this whole thing and many others. Um, I've heard stories of people having other crises go on at the same time. So it's really stressful. And now that we're sort of able to move around a little bit more, um, we're looking now towards what can we do to come out of it and sort of reconnecting to our passion. And one of the things that Larry brought up was not being hard on yourself. And that was going to be my first tip, was practicing self-compassion. Um, I've, been list- I've been listening to the book um, Fierce Self-Compassion by Kristen Neff, and she's going to be on the show on August 8th to talk about that book. And as I was listening to it, um, although the book itself was written prior to the pandemic, it reali- I realized that that is crucial. It's critical to have self-compassion in order for us to then be able to get out of this feeling of isolation and feeling paralyzed. But we have to first start with acknowledging that we have been through a rough time. 
And as Larry talked about in his, about his book about depression, is that we need to pat ourselves on the back for rising to the occasion and being able to get through it. We're here. If you're listening to this, then you survive. And, you know, the stress, the changes, it was all real, and we were all there. And we need to acknowledge that, and we need to have some compassion for ourselves that maybe we weren't perfect. Maybe we ate things that we wouldn't normally eat. Maybe we didn't exercise the way that we were exercising before. Maybe we had a short temper. Um, You know, there were a lot of things, habits that people developed that maybe they weren't the best. It's okay. Now's the time to get back on track and start creating the life that we really want to live going forward. Um, you know, a lot of people who are, who are um, very goal-oriented and achievement-focused um, don't give themselves a break. We tend to be hard on ourselves and, and we feel that we can't be compassionate with ourselves. If we've gone off track, we have to be strict. And the fact is that being hard on ourselves does not correlate with being successful in achieving our goals. In fact, in in that book that I just mentioned by Kristen Neff, um, Fierce Self-Compassion, she tells us that the research has found that people who are compassionate toward themselves when they make mistakes or when they fail to achieve a goal are more likely to recover quickly and to self-correct any mistakes they've made on their path and then go on to be more successful at achieving their goals. And I think if you've ever been on a diet and fell off the wagon, then you know what I'm talking about. Um, If you have been hard on yourself for falling off the wagon, the chances are you're not going to get back on track very, very quickly. Um, You might find yourself saying, oh, what's the point? Um, so if you forgive yourself and say, okay, well, that, I slipped. I ate that piece of chocolate cake when I said I wasn't going to eat any sugar. Um, it's okay. I enjoyed it, and now I'm going to go back to plan of not eating sugar. So, and that works on much bigger goals as well. So, so self Forgiveness is critical. Um, So step number two, acknowledge what lessons you've learned. So what lessons did you learn from the obstacles that you were faced with over the past year? Um, Do you give yourself permission to just be rather than causing yourself to um, be busy all the time, you know, um, Prior to the pandemic, we were talking about um, giving up things that you don't really need in your life and getting, uh, rather than being addicted to um, the, the busy constantly and doing things that aren't really even helping you on your path. And over the past year, we were sort of forced to give up a lot of those things. Some of us found ourselves being making ourselves busy on doing other things that we don't need to do, um, wearing ourselves out. What can you give up? Have you learned it's really important to you? It would be a really good way for you to get back on track. A really good way to get back on track would be, re- would be for you to sit down and even write a list of what lessons you've learned over the past year or so during this pandemic. What can you give up? What's really important in your life? What's really valuable? Um, Finding ways to be mindful is really important. We talk a lot about mindfulness meditation on this show, and there are many great teachers of mindfulness meditation, Jack Kornfield, John Kabat-Zinn, Tara Brock, several others. And they all have YouTube videos that are free. They've written excellent books, um, how-to. And 
mindful meditation is really nothing more than just sitting still and focusing on something like your breath um, or a scene in front of you if you're sitting out in nature um, a word over and over again looking at a candle and noticing the thoughts that come into your mind and letting them go without becoming attached to them and follow and getting hooked on their stories it's not about stopping your thoughts and silencing your mind because that just doesn't work it's about noticing what comes and goes and just letting it go and that's a really important uh, practice if you can set aside time to do that, and it brings us into the world practicing mindfulness. We become more aware of forward, how we are interacting with other people, the things that we're saying to ourselves to put ourselves down and, and create obstacles towards our goals. Um, when you practice mindfulness, you become more aware of your thoughts. There's more space between them, and you can actually look at them and ask yourself, is this really logical, rational thinking, or can I let that go? And I'm going to just end on this um, last tip, and then we'll do, we'll, I'll give you some more on uh, next week's show, and that is setting boundaries with, with yourself and with others. It's really important if you want to move forward toward your passion, is to set boundaries with yourself, and that is the stopping the self-critical talk, stopping the overworking, putting, if you're continuing to work from home, because many of us are continuing to do that, even at this point, putting a time limit on, okay, this is, this is my work day, and this is my home time, and not letting the two blur so much. I mean, it's going to be difficult to completely end that blur when you're working and living in the same place, but to actually set boundaries on time, that it's important to spend time with your family. It's important to spend time doing things that are just for you, um, getting out in nature, exercising, doing all those things. If you're working all the time, even if you're working on your passion, it's not possible to stay focused and to feel good and to feel joyful and setting boundaries with others, um, not listening to the critical talk. We've talked about uh, in the past um, healing from the critics. And when you are on your path of following your dreams, there are always going to be critics. And some of them are your family members or close friends who are scared for you um, for making any kind of change in your life. It's good to listen to see if they have any um, good points that they're making that you might be able to take into consideration. But sometimes it's, it's just fear-based and you have to let it go rather than becoming fearful yourself. And then there are going to be critics who are saying things because they themselves are scared to follow their own dreams. And so maybe they feel that you're kind of rocking the boat and you're causing them to feel like they should be doing something in their life that they're not doing and they don't like that. So um, they're going to be angry with you or they're going to be jealous. So I'm going to end with that tip, and I'm going to talk some more. There are a few other things to do to get ourselves back to living a passionate life after this long year plus. Okay, we'll talk about that next week. So I'm going to end here. We don't have a musician's evening, and so we're going to end a little early, and I just want to let you know what's happening next week. Next Sunday, July 25th, we'll be back live from Austin, and we'll be joined once again by Robert Glazer, Wall Street Journal and USA Today bestselling author of Elevate, regular columnist for Forbes, an entrepreneur and worldwide speaker. And Bob is returning to the show this time to discuss his latest book, 
How to Thrive in the Virtual Workplace, Simple and Effective Tips for Successful, Productive, and Empowered Remote Work. And if you want to hear tonight's program again and get those links that uh, Larry Godwin gave us earlier, read the information from the show, go to my website later tonight, and all of that will be there along with the podcast. And you can hear the podcast um, more quickly in about five minutes if you go directly to Blog Talk Radio, B-L-O-G, talkradio.com slash your golden years, or if you go to Apple Podcasts and find my page. And be sure to follow me on Facebook, Dr. Mara Carpell, Your Golden Years. This show was produced by Accomplice Entertainment, Postal Productions, and Psyched Up Productions, and sponsored by AMightyGoodTime.com. Special thanks to my guest, Larry Godwin, and of course, thank you, Art. Thank you all for listening. Have a peaceful night and inspiring week. And remember, youth has no age. Good night, everyone. Stay safe. the North Town to survive. She owes so many people she stayed alive. If you get in front of her path, she will. She'll eat you alive. It's the truth. Any guidance offered by Dr. Carpell is not intended to replace the advice of your own physician or mental health specialist. Neither Dr. Carpell, her sponsors, nor this station assumes responsibility for the misuse of any of the information given on this show. 